Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 70. New York. If you make it there, you can make it anywhere, including a cruise vacation. With Quantum of the Seas and soon Anthem of the Seas arriving in the Big Apple, there's newfound interest in cruising out of the New York area. This week, let's discuss the many things to do in New York, where to stay, where to eat, and a whole lot more. Here we go. This week's episode topic actually is brought to us by one of our listeners, actually two of our listeners, Mark and Lindsay. And Mark and Lindsay wrote to us a couple weeks ago, actually, asking about an episode about New York City. We've actually done episodes about Old San Juan and St. Martin. We'll put a link to both those episodes in our show notes. But, of course, New York is a big animal. And as I mentioned earlier, Quantum of the Seas coming here now and even soon uh, Anthem of the Seas will be coming as well and even Liberty of the Seas for a short bit. There's going to be a lot of new people looking at New York as a cruise destination and a place, obviously, they want to go to explore a little bit, maybe before or after their cruise vacation. So there's a lot going on here. And Mark and Lindsay wrote and said, we've been on plenty of cruises over the years in the Caribbean and Europe, but this is our first time we visited New York, let alone cruised from here, and we suspect we're not alone. The lure of Quantum of the Seas is sure to pull many to New York over the coming months who normally cruise elsewhere. Whilst the internet has made good new destinations easier for first-time cruisers, nothing beats a personal recommendation or tip. Your podcast on St. Martin and other islands have always helped me, even if we hadn't been there before. We're staying a further three nights after our cruise in New York, and we'd love to hear any suggestions you or your listeners have on places to go outside of the usual tourist ones, great restaurants, recommendations, especially for pizza, and many other tips. Once again, thanks for the podcast. Keep up the good work. I love this question. I think it's a great question because, you know what, just like Mark and Lindsay said, a lot of people are going to be checking out New York City now, especially because of these new ships. They're going to be obviously making land vacations as part of it. So let's begin with something that's pretty important to make note of is that Quantum of the Seas, despite what Royal Caribbean's marketing may tell you, does not actually sail out of New York. No, it sails out of Cape Liberty, New Jersey, which is just across the harbor from New York City. Basically, if you're looking at a map in New York City, Manhattan, if you will, is on the top of the map. On the right side of the map, you have the other boroughs in New York City, Staten Island and Brooklyn. And on the left, you have New Jersey. And in New Jersey, which is obviously the state of New Jersey, you have a city called Bayonne. And Bayonne is very close to the Statue of Liberty. And it's right kind of, again, if looking down on a map, it's on that left, maybe lower left even, corner of the map. So when you're coming in to or out of uh, a Quantum of the Seas cruise, you're going to be coming out of Bayonne, New Jersey. Now, Bayonne is a working class city. It's very much a there's a it's a port area. There's a lot of different ships that go in and out. Not necessarily cruise ships, but you know more industrial type stuff out there. Nonetheless, you're going to be in New Jersey. Now, obviously, to get on Quantum of the Seas, you're going to have to get to the port. And obviously, if you're going to the port, you have to get to New Jersey somehow. If you're flying, you're probably going to want to fly into Newark Airport. Newark Airport is about 15 minutes away from the port of Bayonne, Cape Liberty, whatever you want to call it, and it's it's a very easy, quick ride. It's the best airport to fly into. There are two other airports in the New York City area, LaGuardia and John F. Kennedy, and those are in New York City. It's a lot longer distance to go. If you can't help it at all, you should fly into Newark. It's not impossible if you fly into the other ones. Now, to be little, you'll just it'll take more time, and if you're using a taxi or some sort of car service, it'll be more expensive because you're going a longer distance. Just keep that in mind. But getting there is pretty simple. I mean, it's very close to New York City, so no matter how you come into, whether you're coming from the south, maybe you're coming out uh, from maybe the Maryland area or Pennsylvania, you're going to be coming in, or, or even from the north, you know, Connecticut, New York, you're all kind of converging in the same general area, and you'll be able to 
uh, I'm sure Google Maps can help you <laughs> figure that out. Um, it's it's pretty easy to get to that port from the uh, highways that are available there. I think the, it's pretty well marked. I actually the first time I went there to drive to the port. I did everything perfectly except for I missed one turn. I knew it immediately when I missed it because it was kind of one of those forks in the road. And then I realized it after I made the wrong turn. So I did a U-turn, came around, no big deal. There are some tolls along the way on the New Jersey Turnpike. So keep that in mind. You can have exact change or you can use Easy Pass if you happen to have one of those transponders that allow you to pay without having to stop. That's the best way. But if you got to do the cash routes, the other thing. But I think for most people flying into the New York City area, you're best off with either a taxi or car service. I would research a couple of those options in advance and book something so you have something ready to go. It's just going to be the easiest option to take care of. So if you are flying in before, and as many of you probably already know, I always advocate staying at least a day or two before your cruise. So that way you can avoid a lot of potential issues that may or may not prop up and it extends your vacation. Why not, right? So there's a lot of areas you could possibly say. You can say New York City. You can say New Jersey. You know, it, it kind of depends on what you're looking to do. If you're just looking to fly in, you know, the day before, just have somewhere literally to stay close to the port, you're not interested in sightseeing at all, you just want a hotel, you want to be really close to the port, then you're probably going to want to look at the hotels around Newark Airport as opposed to Newark the city. Newark the city is not exactly has the best reputation in the world. Sorry for everyone who lives in Newark. I apologize, but it doesn't. Um, but you will be much better off staying at one of the hotels that are right around the airport. Usually the hotel name will have the word Newark Airport in there. I stayed, as an example, before my cruise on Quantum, I stayed at the Spring Hill Suites, which, again, very, very close. 15-minute drive, door-to-door, very easy. Actually, the highway makes it a little more complicated than it probably should be, but it was fairly simple, very close, and again, that worked out well. But I think for a lot of people that are looking to go to New York City and stay somewhere there, the thing with, you know, the, the thing is, you're not saving all that much money by staying in New Jersey. I looked at it, I compared it a couple different ways. You save like, you know, it, it can depend, obviously. I mean, if you're staying at the Waldorf Astoria in New York, yeah, you're going to pay a lot more than in New Jersey. But I think most people are looking for a place for their family to stay that's comfortable, clean, safe, and has easy access to what they're looking for. And when I compared a lot of these kind of hotels between what's available in New Jersey, what's available in Manhattan, and what's available in the outer boroughs of New York City, I, I kind of felt like there wasn't a huge price difference. Yes. It's a little cheaper to stay in New Jersey. Yes, it's a little cheaper to stay even in the outer boroughs. But I think the problem is, is that you're not saving all that much money. And if you're doing sightseeing, you have to stay in New York City. You have to stay in Manhattan, to be exact. And that's that's an opinion, but I really feel strong about it because I feel like it just gives you easy – it makes your sightseeing a whole lot easier. And the drive from Manhattan to the port of Cape Liberty is really not that bad. There's plenty of taxis available. There's good mass transit opportunities for you. So let's assume you're going to be staying in New York City. And again, I recommend staying in Manhattan for the same reason as I mentioned, you know, why I would prefer to stay in New York over New Jersey is because if you're doing sightseeing, you're going to be in Manhattan doing the sightseeing. If you're staying in the outer boroughs, it becomes more difficult, not impossible by any stretch of imagination, but it adds another layer of complication when you're trying to get back and forth from your hotel, especially if you want any kind of breaks in the day to maybe go relax or take naps or if you got kids, whatever. It's much, much simpler to stay in Manhattan, and honestly, you're not saving a whole lot that much money by staying you know, in Brooklyn or in Queens. So I recommend staying in the Manhattan. It's your vacation. In this case, I think it is worth ponying up a few extra dollars, and you can actually find a lot of great rates. One of the best websites actually to find a great rate is called Hotel Tonight, and it's kind of like Priceline in that you kind of tell it, well, I'm going into a hotel. I need a hotel for New York City. Uh, why do you have available? Now, the thing with Hotel Tonight, <laughs> it's only available to book literally it used to be the day of that you were looking now they've expanded to a one week 
So for most people, that's not great for planning out, but it is a good option. Priceline is another good one, and I recommend that as well. Essentially, what you're looking to do is stay in a hotel that is going to be anywhere south of, I would say, somewhere between the 80th Street and down. So anywhere south of that. So obviously, if it's any of the numbered, you know, uh, the there's a lot of neighborhoods, and that might not mean a whole lot to you, but Times Square is included in that. Downtown. You know, it depends where you stay also will command a bigger price. If you want to stay around Times Square, you're going to pay a little bit more because that's a huge tourist area. One of the actually more inexpensive places to stay is going to be in the financial district, which is all the way downtown in Manhattan. Now, that's actually good for you because it's closer to New Jersey. And the pre- reason why it's cheaper, there's nothing wrong with the hotels that are there. They're actually very, very nice. They're probably a lot uh, newer, in fact. The thing with that is there's not a whole lot to do in your immediate area. But because New York has such great mass transit, especially those subways, it doesn't matter. And I would not hesitate at all to stay in one of those hotels, save a couple bucks, because staying in Times Square is totally overrated, if you ask me. There are other hotels all around the city, but kind of keep that in mind. So, things to do. Well, one of the things that Royal Caribbean does offer, and I'm looking at it for my March cruise, is they do offer sightseeing and city tours. There are actually two of them that are available, and they're basically they're offered after your cruise, and they offer a transfer to the city. They'll offer a tour of Manhattan, including the highlights, and then a transfer back to the airport. They're about four hours long, and they're about eighty dollars for adults, seventy dollars for children. You know, these and they're four hours long. I I, I wouldn't recommend these necessarily. I, I think this is just for people who want to literally see everything from like a bus, and it's not the way to see New York City. No question about it. I think you can do better on your own. In fact, I would really recommend. The only advantage this has really is that you have Royal Caribbean giving you the transfers both to the city and then back to your airport. So when you factor the cost of that, that's almost worth it. But it kind of gives you some issues where you're you're seeing it from a bus. It's not the way to see New York City. The way to see New York City is you get down there, you spend a day, because obviously this tour is for people that are flying out the same day they're leaving, and kind of exploring. And there's so much to do in New York City. There's so many great museums. There's so many great educational things. so much history involved. It really depends what you're looking to do. And you can usually spend you know, a week in New York City, so you're going to want to try to focus. So couple things you should probably keep in mind in terms of what you're trying to figure out what you want to do. If you want to see museums, there's something called in New York City, the Museum Mile, which is basically a long stretch along Fifth Avenue that's full of museums and other fine art institutions. And the Museum Mile is basically where you're going to find a lot of great museums, including the Museum of the City of New York, the Jewish Museum, the Museum of Design, the Guggenheim. There's a whole lot more that's involved there. There's just a couple of them. So if you're into museums, if you're into art, this is the place for you. Now, if you're into shopping and you want to get a little bit of that, well, you're still going to be on Fifth Avenue. You're just going to be a little south of the Museum Mile. And there, basically, the Museum Mile, or sorry, the shopping area you're looking at is going to be south of 59th Street going down to maybe 42nd Street. This is where you're going to find FAO Schwartz, that famous toy store that you probably saw in the movie Big with Tom Hanks, the one where they play the the piano with life-size piano. Yeah, that's the one. Um, the, you have all, the, I mean, every Bulgari, every top end job you can hear of, you've got Saks Fifth Avenue and there you go. There's a lot of shopping to be able to do. And there's probably one of the best places to go. Times Square. Well, yeah. I mean, if you want to see a Broadway show and you're in New York and you don't, maybe the show you're seeing on Quantum or Anthem of the Seas or even Liberty of the Seas is uh, just not enough for you. Well, you can still see a Broadway show here and 
there's a lot of great shows that are available to see. It depends, obviously, what's out there and what the season provides. Broadway shows are expensive. I mean, you're looking to spend probably somewhere in the ballpark of about, you know, 70 to 100 and some odd dollars, $150 per person per ticket, you know, for those tickets. They're very expensive. One of the best things you can do is Google a thing called TKTS. It's a little thing that offers tickets for the Broadway shows on the day of. So you kind of line up in line on that morning. And you can actually get tickets for a show later that day that are discounted heavily, usually about 50% off. It's one of the more inexpensive ways to see a show. But don't get me wrong. You're still going to be paying. It's, it's still expensive. You're still paying at least probably about $60, $70 a ticket. But it's still better than paying the full price for them. Something to keep in mind. Now, you're looking for food. Man, New York City. I love the food in New York City. I love gastronomic tours of the city. Uh, one of the best, one of the things Mark and Lindsay asked for was about pizza. A lot of people will say, Matt, where can I get some really good pizza in New York City? That's a great question because, after all, New York is known for its pizza, and Frank, quite frankly, I think it's the best pizza in the world. One of my favorite ones that's easy to get to is John's Pizzeria in Times Square. I know it's in Times Square. It's usually a hub of tourist traps, but in this case, it's actually quite good. It's located at 260 West 44th Street, and it's one of the better pizza places actually in the city it's really it's highly rated it's one of the best things you can get so i highly recommend that pizza in addition one of the hubs of the best pizza continuously rated is going to be in what's called the west village the west village is the west part of greenwich village which is down below 14th street and it's hard to explain unless you look at a map but basically search for the west village the west village is a very eclectic area it's a lot of artists that live there and and work there so you'll see Again, very eclectic people. It's all, it's all in good fun. Very safe. Don't worry about it. But there's great places. There's Joe's Pizza. There's uh, Numero 28 Pizzeria. There's also John's of Bleecker Street. Not to be confused with the John's I mentioned earlier. But these are all great places. And, you know, it's it's really hard to find bad pizza in New York. I got to say, just avoid the chains because they are chain, you know, the Domino's. Let's don't even waste your time. But there's lots of great places. And well, you'll see a lot of places that offer dollar slices. They're not bad, actually. I would really recommend. In fact, one of my favorite foods, actually, in New York City is a place called Grace Papaya. It's a hot dog stand. You may see it in a couple different movies. It's a, it's amazing. It's at 72nd Street in Broadway, which is in the upper west side of the city. But I'll tell you what, you get the recession special, which are two hot dogs, though any way you like them, and a drink. And I always get the orange drink. I think it's the best one they have. A lot of people like the papaya drink. Eh, okay. Anyway. It's one of the best hot dogs you're ever going to eat in your life. So you got to check that out. That's a definite must do in my book. You got to go all the way up to 72nd Street, which is a bit of a hike and not in a huge touristy area, but it's a beautiful area, especially in the springtime and summer. But nonetheless, you can check that out. Now, of course, there's Central Park. Of course, we Royal Caribbean named two different ships after this area. It's got to be pretty darn good. It's wonderful to see no matter what time of the year. Right now, it's winter or almost winter and not exactly the most scenic thing, but it's still beautiful. There's a lot of great history. It's a great place to walk. If you want to rent a bike, you can do that as well, but I just love walking there. Just explore. Get lost. Literally, just go anywhere you feel like. Go. There's so many great things to see, and you, you cannot go wrong. There's little playgrounds. There's little hidden coves. There's rocks to climb. For If you've got young kids, it's it's amazing. It's just one of the best places to just explore. And you can spend a whole day just walking around. It's a massive park. And it's not just a large green in terms of just, it's not just grass. There are trees, there are lakes, there are ponds, there are playgrounds, as I mentioned earlier. There's usually tons of activities going on. I really recommend that as just a hub of area. And, you know, everyone go, knows where that is. It's very, it's actually, uh, it's basically, it starts up in Midtown and goes all the way uptown. But it's huge. Just go basically go to 59th Street. Fifth Avenue is great because if you go to that Museum Mile or the shopping I mentioned earlier, you'll get right to the beginning 
of Central Park. And boy, I'll tell you, it's a great place to spend a lot of time. And I, I got to say, if you're going to New York City, you got to check it out. And you got to spend like at least an hour or two there. I mean, there's ice skating if you're going there in the wintertime. There's a lot to do. You don't have to do the silly carriage tours. It was overpriced if you ask me. But just walk around and explore. And I really say you got to get lost. Just walk anywhere you want. Because you know what? Even if you get terribly lost, you have no idea where you are, just start walking one direction. Eventually, you're going to run into out of the park and you'll be back in the city. People are very helpful there. So definitely go there and check that out in the daytime. And in you know, spring, oh my gosh, it's it's really amazing. So you know that's probably a great place to start. There's so much to do in New York City. I mean, honestly, there's so many museums, so much history. The Intrepid over on, well, actually, where the other cruise ships go out is a World War II aircraft carrier that currently has a space shuttle, a lot of vintage airplanes that airplanes is in warplanes. It has a submarine to explore. There's, it's a great museum, one of my favorites. My dad loves it. We always go there at least every uh, year to go check out what it is. There's just so much to see. And I really recommend, you know, again, focusing on what you're interested in. Are you interested in museums? Are you interested in exploring? Are you interested in history? Are you interested in eating? Because honestly, you can do that. Lower East Side, oh my God, so much good food there. I, I go for the food, but you can go for the history as well. And you know what? I'll open it also up to our listeners. If you have suggestions for what to do in the New York City area, I, I, you, I welcome you to email us, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. We'll read it on an upcoming episode. So Mark and Lindsay and everyone else going to New York, I hope this helps you. And of course, again, if you have questions, I'm here to help. But have a great time. And I think you're going to find, just like Quantum of the Seas, there's just not enough time to really explore the New York City area in just a day or two. But it's totally worth it and a great way to augment your Royal Caribbean cruise. Once again, I want to thank everybody for checking out the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. You know, this is such a fun thing for me to do, and I and I really love hearing all your feedback and emails and tweets and Facebook messages. It really makes it like it's worth it, you know, because I, I read these. I'm like, wow, people are really listening. They're really enjoying it. So thank you so much. And of course, if you want to give back to the podcast, the best way you can do that is to give us a great rating over on iTunes. If you go to your iTunes software, you can maybe be able to do it on your phone too. I've never done it that way. But anyway, you go to iTunes and you can review the podcast. By doing so, not only does it help our reviews, which is always nice, it makes me feel better about myself, but more importantly, the way that iTunes works is the more reviews it sees, especially positive reviews, it helps spread the word. It goes, oh, this podcast is doing really well, and thus I'm going to make this more important. It's more important, kind of a, the way that its algorithm works. Anyway... If you could review the podcast in a positive manner, I would appreciate that. I love hearing about that and helping spread the word so we get more people who are interested in the podcast to be able to check it out for themselves. And speaking of other people, we've got your emails to read. And we're going to start with an email from one of my favorite people, Christy Puttick. And Christy writes, I booked a Royal Caribbean cruise for my family and myself, husband, and my will-be 21-month son along with my mother for March. I'm now binge listening to your podcast about Freedom of the Seas and the Western Caribbean. It's been almost a decade since I've been on a Royal Caribbean cruise, and I'm looking forward to experiencing it again. Wow, almost a decade. Christy, come on. I'm, well, I'm glad you booked it. First of all, congratulations. And uh, I'm hoping that the time between your Freedom Cruise that you just booked and your next Royal Caribbean cruise will be significantly less. But Freedom's a great ship. Western Caribbean itinerary is wonderful. I've done that many, many times, and I really love it, honestly. You're stopping in one of my favorite places, Labadee. You're stopping in one of my other favorite places, Cozumel. Oh, I'd love to be able to go back there. And I've sailed on Freedom, I think, three times now. And you know what? It never gets old. It's a wonderful ship. I'm sure, Christy, you remember, if you haven't gotten there already, we did an episode, a couple episodes actually about Freedom of the Seas. We did episode 55, Top 5 Freedom of the Seas, which I'll put a link to in our show notes. And I also had a review that I did, a podcast review of my experience with 
on Freedom of the Seas back in episode five, in fact. And we talked a little bit about that as well. So there's lots of good content for you to consume about that Freedom of the Seas. And you know what? Your your child who is going to be, what did you say, 21 months? I mean, your son's going to love it. It's going to be a great time. Check out that pool. Take advantage of the nursery, Christy. Don't just make this about you. I know you love us. We all love our kids. I love my daughter. But my daughter loved the nursery there. It was well worth the money. Put In your case, put your son there in the evening so that you and your husband can enjoy dinners alone quietly. Trust me when I say it, it's totally worth it. I know it kind of like, well, we should be doing this as a family. There'll be plenty of family time. Put them in the nursery. It's a great facility. They have such great staff, and we really enjoyed it. So I'm really looking forward, Christy, to hearing about your experience on Freedom of the Seas when it comes around in March, and uh, hopefully you're going to have a great time. So enjoy. Next, we have an email from Dennis. Lucky you. You're one of the first to sail on Quantum of the Seas, Matt. I really enjoyed your recent podcast and very anxious to sail on her on March 1st, right before you, I believe. I know I spoke to you previously about being a fan of traditional dining. I'm now convinced that dynamic dining will give us quality of food and a variety of venues. I must say, however, with the smart ship and all that's publicized, I wish Royal would realize and admit how many of us are spending hours to book dining. Often the website does not work or the customer service representative even has trouble when booking. It's been a lot of frustration. Did anyone on board talk about that or were they so wowed by the ship they overlooked it? It's been a real pain. You know, Dennis, I've heard a lot about that. In fact, I experienced that from my March cruise. I would go in to try to book a dining reservation and it would just, the site would not be available or disappearing. A lot of these issues, they were with Cruise Planner, by the way, which is the software that allows you to book these things. In my experience, it's gotten a whole lot better in the last month or so. And I'm not sure, Dennis, if you experienced the same thing. The thing I will tell you is there's definitely growing pains because with Quantum of the Seas, Royal Caribbean has transitioned to their new cruise planning software, which is supposed to be a whole lot better, but it's had a lot of issues in the past. No question about it. I've seen them. I've experienced them, and I've, I've heard from a lot of people, but I do believe it is getting better. In my experience, I've been able to work with it a whole lot easier than I did when I first started trying to book, especially when I tried to book stuff my two-nighter. Man, it was a, the website was barely cooperating. Nowadays, I feel like it's a whole lot better, so... I guess what I'm trying to say is hang in there. I think it's going to be a whole lot easier, hopefully, for you going forward. Dennis continues in his email. Also, I realize this is a ship of wows with all things you mentioned and revenues are important. Many people I talk to are extremely disappointed with the change in charging for room service. The choices are extremely limited, even for the pay items. Seems like a real takeaway. We love getting a balcony cabin and always ordering room service for breakfast in port to avoid the windjammer crowds. I think Royal just feels if they really want it, they can pay. People still pay less for an inside cabin with a virtual balcony. I guess the room service fees can help with that. You know, here's the, I read about that. I actually forgot to check out room service when I was on my two-nighter. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know about you. everyone. Food, first of all, let me say <laughs> before I got to set myself up here, right? When we're talking about food, food is among the most objective things. I think I said this in the very beginning of the podcast, not this episode, but you know, when we first started recording these episodes, that food is very subjective, and what I find really good, you might find terrible, and vice versa. It's just, it's one of the most subjective things that are out there. That being said, I've never really ever liked the room service breakfast menu. The eggs are those mass-produced eggs, which when I'm in the Windjammer, by the way, I always go and get the omelet line because I want freshly made stuff. I hate mass-produced eggs, which is what you get at room service, all the hot food has just been meh at best. Now, I do like getting food delivered to you because you don't have, you know, you put on your robe, the guy brings it in, you give him a dollar or two, and you know, you have, you know, maybe a bagel or something with coffee, which is nice. No question about that. Now, of course, the bagel is not what we're issuing. On Quantum of the Seas, they've added a charge for some of the hot items. I didn't experience it or test it out firsthand, so I can't comment on it, but... 
I don't see it as a huge loss because I didn't really ever enjoy it all that much. I do understand it's the it's the it's the principle of it, and you know what? I, I agree with you. I I don't like the slippery slope that goes down, but I think that it's not a huge loss, honestly, because I never really liked the food. But that was just me. I know many other people <laughs> do did enjoy that experience. And Dennis, you know, if you're like many husbands out there, maybe you'll be the one who's going to get the food and bring it back while your uh, wife and and kids maybe are, you know, staying in the cabin. I don't know. Um, So it's not the I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's a huge deal also, but I, I understand where you're coming from and I don't think you're necessarily wrong. Also, Dennis also adds. We'll be Diamond Plus for after our Quantum Cruise, and we'll probably remain loyal, but extremely disappointed in what we mentioned. I think the reservation issue will hopefully improve with system updates, but I really wish they would rethink the room service charge or allow it free for those paying premium for suites. Thanks for listening. Would appreciate your input on my concerns, and those two days you were on Quantum must have gone like the blink of an eye. You're right, Dennis, about that. No question about it. You know, I recommend actually for anyone like Dennis who has strong opinions about this, let Royal Caribbean know. You can always email them. That's important. But when you're on your cruise... Those comment cards are very important. I think I think they wait. They being Royal Caribbean, wait those comment cards higher than like an email that I would send out right now to Royal Caribbean complaining about something. So let them know. Say, hey, you know what? I don't think we should be charged for room service. I think the software for Cruise Planner hasn't been amazing. And let them know about these things because if you sit there and just you know, they do read sites and they do listen maybe to some podcasts, but it's not really their main means of getting feedback there those common cards are huge so if you can do that dennis i think the the website issues we talked about will be a thing of the past eventually but you know the room service thing which you feel very uh passionate about let them know that on that absolutely check that make sure you do that it's an important way to voice your opinion because they do really do listen to those things it's it's a big way i know for firsthand that royal caribbean uses those to kind of gauge feedback on a lot of different issues so Make sure you let them know and anything else that you find. Also, let them know what is working. That's the thing. You know, if you enjoy something, let them know because that's just as important. If you don't say anything, then maybe they don't know that people like that kind of thing, right? Maybe you really love, um, you know, the international foods and the windjammer, just an example, because it's probably something I really enjoy. And you really love it, you know, but you don't tell any of them about it. Maybe they think that people don't really, they take it for granted or they don't, or they're indifferent to it. But letting them know what you do like is also just as important as letting them know what you don't like. So make sure you balance those two things. And uh, you're going on Quantum. You think you're having a great time there in March. Just before we're going, you're actually going, we're on the 21st on the group cruise. Hey, I got the shameless plug in. Thank you very much, Dennis. <laughs> I'll post the link in the show notes to it if you still want to join us. Still, still space, but it is going very, very quickly. Anyway, you'll be going about uh, three weeks before we go. So we'll be very jealous of you until you get back. And then we'll be <laughs> we'll be even closer to our cruise. Cannot wait. It's going to be such a great time. Thank you for the email, Dennis. And lastly, we're going to round out things actually with, I forgot to mention this earlier, we have another email from Christy Puddock who wrote back, Hey Matt, just wanted to share in case you want to share with your listeners the response I received from Royal Caribbean regarding my special needs request. I have a gluten allergy and I filled it out the form online for the special needs department. I received the following email as a response. You're welcome to read it if you wish. The special needs form lists all sorts of different areas where I may need assistance or to register some special need like a wheelchair, oxygen, or dialysis. I just indicated the little box at the bottom for that I have a gluten allergy. Thanks for the dedication to information. I love all the insight and enjoy listening to the show. And Christy actually wrote back about her gluten allergy, as we mentioned, and they wrote, Royal Caribbean wrote back and said that Royal Caribbean now offers gluten-free meals as a standard offering on their menu in the main dining room. So by speaking with the head waiter in the dining room, she'll be able to get everything that she needs to 
in terms of what needs to be communicated to the galley and get that kind of communication going so everyone's all set. So that's great to hear that not only did Christy get her issues addressed, but also that Royal Caribbean is now offering gluten-free meals as kind of a standard offering. So that's great to hear. Thank you for the stuff, Christy. And of course, we want to hear from you as well. If you've got, maybe you learn something new about Royal Caribbean yourself, just like Christy, or you're going on a cruise soon, or you book something, we want to hear about it. You know, we just had, of course, Black Friday and Cyber Monday out there. Maybe one of you took advantage of those. I want to hear all about uh, your plans for Royal Caribbean cruising and also any questions you have, comments, your thoughts, just like Dennis. It's all out here. It's an open forum. So feel free to email me. My email is matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Love reading them. Thank you all so much. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.